Here we are, and we're back, and I'm messing with the mic, causing a whole host of problems right now. Let's talk about God today. Sorry for your ears. I may have just messed that up just then, but that's all right. Don't don't hurt our listeners, Evan. Sorry. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. Good. Doing real good. Well, you know, I've got some good news. I got, I've gotten some, 2020 has been a bad year, but I've gotten some good news. What is your good news? It's there. It's, it's several. It's, let me think. Multifaceted? Fourfold. 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 You have fourfold good news. Many folds. Okay. So folks, I have no idea what he's talking about. So I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm on edge. Here's, what is your here, fourfold here, good news? Here's it's not personal. We've been sitting it. in our studio for how long here prepping? You've it's not, not personal. Word. It's not like, it's all. Am I going to be a grandfather again? No, not even close. Come on, that would be great news. The, the top one is about the Chicago Bulls. So oh, that's so the high that of this. shows so us where we're at. That's right. where we're going. So give me your fourfold good news. So the Chicago Bulls got a new head of basketball operations. That was a few months ago, but he's already proven to be good, made some good hires, with number two, the best hire, being hiring D- Billy Donovan. We've talked about this before, but I just have to share it with Who's everyone. The, the, the head excited, coach. Who was the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder who has been in multiple playoffs, who's been in a Western Conference Finals, who's coached big names such as Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, um, James Harden. Sorry, Sergi all you Ibaka. non-sports fans, just hang in here with us. Just, okay, yeah. so that's Anyways, your big news. So that That's our guy now. Our team's pumped up. So that's, did I say I had four? You said four. How many was that? That was only two. Oh. I, I may only have three. Anyway, oh no, here's the third one. The XFL is coming back. All right. In 2022. So it is coming it's back. It's coming back. Dwayne The Rock Johnson bought it. And it's they've officially announced it's coming back in 2022. And I'm a big XFL fan. Because okay. it's just more football after NFL. That's true. And then, finally, I'm getting an Xbox. I've made my decision. You're getting an Xbox. I'm getting the newest Xbox. You were a PS2 guy, right? I was four. four. Technically PS4, growing up. But I was whatever. PS4 this last PS4 one. PS4 or whatever it but is. But I'm back. PS89. I'm ready to go. So you're well. So really, a bunch of really back. not important good things have happened. But in 2020, that matters. That matters. So I'm celebrating. That's great. Big big things. I mean, I had little things like I had a new grandbaby that was born. It doesn't matter. Last month or September, rather. That's nothing. Two really. months ago. So mm. that so yeah, just little things. That 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 helps redeem 2020. That is true. That is uh, true. In a lot of ways, 2020 has really stunk and. uh Kind of like stinky feet that need washing. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just on the stank list, it's it's at the top, and that's why today we're talking about foot washing. Oh no! <laughs> I thought you'd pick up on it. You didn't react. <laughs> no, I knew you were going to segue. You always do, and I'm already ready for the next segment. I'm already ready. This segment, I'm like, how is he going to segue? Feet washing. <laughs> Which yes, people are. It's actually in the Bible, and we're, we're going to talk about it today. And then you want to talk about stinkiness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to comment on twenty twenty somehow. That's where we were. Oh, oh. So, so we need to wash the feet of twenty twenty. We need to wash the feet needs, of twenty twenty real bad. Hose down. What it needs to be done. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about washing feet today. Is this nasty. kind of thing where? Look, stay with us, folks. Don't turn this it's podcast not off. It it's is not. actually a pretty amazing yes. topic. And to tweak your interest, Ooh. it has a bit of controversy to Uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This whole concept in the church. Uh-oh. Especially our church. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. That was dramatic music. Sounds like McDonald's commercial. Bum, 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 bum. Thirty-second definition of foot washing: Foot washing is a ritual in which you wash the wash the other person's feet. Modern day to commemorate and symbolize Christ washing the disciples' feet and his humility expressed therein. I think that's about as good as you can get. Yeah, I was just going to say it's washing somebody's feet. It's washing somebody's feet, but for spiritual purposes. Mm-hmm. That's probably how I would term it, a short version. Yeah. So where do we get this from? So washing feet, we'll just go ahead and say it's very clear that uh, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. We see a woman who washes Jesus' feet. We're going to get to that in a second. I just want to let you know we're talking about it because it's biblical. 
That's the reason we're talking about it. And you might be curious about it. Yeah, and you might be curious about it. But where does the whole foot washing thing come from? Did Jesus invent foot washing, or was it a previous concept? Well, it was actually a previous concept that served a function way back when in the ancient Near East and, uh, you know, the ancient kind of Roman first Empire cent- times. First century. First century, Ro- that whole yeah. thing. There was a point to foot washing. So culturally, foot washing was an actual necessity because imagine you're walking around either in sandals or barefoot all day in the heat in the Middle East and just walking around. You're stepping in random goop and gunk. Dirt. You probably step, yeah, and dirt. So there, are, there aren't asphalt roads. There yep. are no paved sidewalks. Other, other than maybe the, the yeah. eater, eater, the Roman roads, you know, they paved. But otherwise, all your secondary roads are dirt. You've got animals doing what animals do. And so you may step at, in poo. On accident. So that might get on there. Basically, if you're going to have a Mud. long journey on foot, nobody's about to let you in their house without cleaning that thing up first. And so really, actually, the, the concept of, of foot washing was just a practical thing that after a long journey, you needed to, to do that. And so it was To part, not track it in the house. To not track it in the house. So it's real practical. Just yeah. like in the Japanese culture, uh, often you take your shoes mm-hmm. off before you go into the house. Yeah, exactly. That's part of the Japanese culture. So get that in your mind mm-hmm. is... They don't want you. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna grab it and go further. Yeah. So, what would happen is that if if Evan you came to my house, then there would be if I if I was rich enough, I would have a servant who would who would be commanded or a slave or a servant commanded, and he would get a bowl of water. And before you got into the house, good, he would take a towel and a bowl of water, and that servant would mm-hmm. kneel and he would wash the dirt. And mud and poo and whatever else was on your feet, clean your feet, mm-hmm. dry it off, so that then you could come into the house. And then, of course, if you didn't have a servant, then then if you had a sense of hospitality, mm-hmm. okay, then you would do it. You would wash that person, or at feet. least provide the water for them to wash for themselves, the, wash their own right their feet. Mm-hmm. If you didn't wash their feet. Then that could be seen, and you could that could be seen as a sign of disrespect mm-hmm. to the person. Mm-hmm. Is that that is that you're not esteeming this person enough that you would clean their feet so that they could come in the house? You're not tending to them. You're not being hospitable to mm-hmm. them. Yeah, exactly. Am I getting ahead where that happened with the, with the lady who washed the feet and the Pharisee didn't? Well, a, a little bit, but we can talk about that. I, I may have skipped right over that. Maybe because, I put it in there. No, because, I, no I, didn't. I didn't. Because okay. that happened. That did happen, yeah. And and uh, and we're just kind of floating with it here. But but that Jesus went to a Pharisee's house, and then I, I don't think it's when Mary washed his feet. I think it may have been it was just the, like a it was sinner the, woman, a sinful basically. woman. There's two feet washings that actually occurred, mm-hmm. and she, she she cried and washed his feet literally with her tears and mm-hmm. wiped it with her long hair, which was scandalous, by the way, because you woman to keep her hair up, and when she dropped her hair in public in a public place, that was scandalous. Mm-hmm. That made the front news of the local Times paper, and um, and so they were just uh, you know talking behind his back, and he looked at the guy and he said. You never gave me any water to wash my feet, but this woman has washed my feet with her tears and dried it with her hair. You never mm-hmm. even—he just blasted him. He just laid him out yeah. and said, "You're you're a sorry host." Yeah, exactly. And it, and it's important to note too that not just being a good host, the host should provide the water, but then someone to actually wash your feet is a extreme act of humility. So not only did the woman prov- act as the host to provide the water, which is her tears. But um, my understanding from my research is they wouldn't even let Hebrew slaves no. wash the feet. It was no. so demeaning and disgusting that it, you couldn't be a Hebrew slave. You had to be you know, a slave a somewhere else. Yeah, right. Gentile, basically. Um, so that kind of gives you a picture at how necessary it was culturally, how nasty it was, and how really and truly humiliating it was. It would humble you. That you know, And by the way— you could just do this. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, and by the way— uh, you know the alabaster box where you know Mary, uh, not wasn't Mary, but that woman had an alabaster box. Um, I get them confused. I, I we didn't study this, but I think maybe Mary had it. But one of them had spikenard. One of them had, mm-hmm. but they they both 
anointed his feet with this uh, in this aroma. That was also part of the custom is that they might provide perfume because again, and this is kind of a funny. So if you're laughing, you're driving right now. Listen, go ahead and laugh. Feet stink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they do. Your feet stink, and uh, and so they would not only wash them, but then they would perfume them mm-hmm. to help offset the cover the aroma because I don't know that they really had soap. So you you had to cover the aroma where today we can sort of clean clean it away, but they had to cover it. So that helps you to understand those stories mm-hmm. a little bit better and understand that this was this was a culturally uh this this was something deeply embedded within the culture of the entire civilization there in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Very, very which helps us then to understand that that when we look at it now in the Bible, we have to look at it two ways. One is it just it sets the background, it sets the context mm-hmm. for some stories. But then we also realize as we're going to look in John thirteen, there was some Jesus took it like he would do, and and turned it into something to make it have a spiritual representation, or at least yeah. use it to give us some spiritual direction. For sure. Well, let's first start talking about. Let's first start out talking about some stories that. Um, don't directly have Jesus in them. The first person is John the Baptist. So John the Baptist says that he is unworthy to even untie Jesus's sandal. So presumably to like wash his feet. You know, and when we were studying for this, I had never seen that before. Me neither. I'd never seen that before. I just thought he meant, you know, you put your shoes on, you take your shoes off. I'm not worthy to help you put your shoes on. But but then, like you, as we were preparing for this, I saw that. And I thought, man, mm-hmm. I never – because if you were going to be a servant and I came in your house, you you would – and we don't understand this because we don't have servants. Yeah. Every once in a while, you can watch a movie that actually will show this mm-hmm. every once in a while. Like um, if you ever watch movies about the king and queen of England and and, and – how that whole thing functions, they come in the room, they have, they have a, like the king. Mm-hmm. I've watched, um, there was one about the king of England in modern time. Well, there's queen, Queen Elizabeth and her husband. They would come in, you have, and, and this would also happen with like nobility. So I've seen, all right, what's the one that everybody loved? Uh, down, down, Downton, Abbey. Downton Abbey showed this. So the main guy on Downton Abbey, the 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 main guy who owned the house, whatever I I, don't, I can't remember all their names. Mm-hmm. He had a guy, a valet or somebody that when he would come in at night to get ready to get undressed, he wouldn't undress himself. This guy would undress him. That's crazy. And then when they got dressed, this guy would dress him. So he would just stand there. He would come in and just stand, and the and the servant knew this is my job is to undress him. So that's kind of what we got going on here is that sense of the servant had to say, it's my job to untie the sandal and take your shoe off before I clean your feet. And John, and kind of, it's almost flip-flopping it around, is like, I'm not even at the level where I should even like be, I don't want to word it like this, but be trust, I don't want to say trusted, but I shouldn't even be allowed to wash your feet. I'm I'm so humble. I'm not even qualified to do the lowest possible task for someone of such high renown, because he's God, standard because he's God. He knew he was the Son of God, the Messiah. Exactly. So, and, yeah. but here's the point, and I think we can go ahead and go here. We're kind of just flowing with it today. We're real structured, but today we talked about this, and we're going to kind of flow with it. Is that there already? We're seeing the humility mm-hmm. that is required. You know, the humbleness. Mm-hmm. It took a hum. The most humble servant was commanded to do it, and here John is saying. I'm not even humble enough. I'm not even qualified, mm-hmm. you know, to untie his sin. So there's that sense. And then just like that woman uh, who washed Jesus' feet, what she did was incredibly humble. And by the way, mm-hmm. when 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 people would throw uh, feasts for Jesus, if you ever wondered why, like, like, how did that woman get in? Like, did she just walk in the front? Like, if I had a party at my house and I invited guests and then this, this women just People walk in and bust, you know, break up the party. Yeah, uh, is no, is that it was understood in that culture that when the feast was given, it was kind of like a big public to do. Mm-hmm. So you were invited. The invited guests would recline around the table. They didn't actually sit like we do. They actually laid on their left side and reclined around the table, real low to the ground. 
But then people would stand in the courtyard and the windows. You know, they had their, they had their, hands, hand, their hands, chins propped in their hands, just watching the whole affair. It was a big deal. Wow. Jesus, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Pharisee, who's already a big wig, has got Jesus, the rabbi, who's a big wig, and mm-hmm. they're having a party, and everybody's just, it's like going to the movie show. Mm-hmm. And, and so they were all watching, and you could stand around the walls, and just, you participated passively watching what's happened. Mm-hmm. So this sinful woman comes in, and she's with a, along with a bunch of other people. And then she goes over, and that's why she's able to wash his feet, because he's reclined. Mm-hmm. So you lay on your left arm propped up, and then you eat with your right hand. That's why John was able to lean his head back on uh, the, the chest of Jesus at the, at the Lord's Supper, at the, at the Passover, mm-hmm. you know, on the meal, and say, who's going to, you know, people say, well, why do you lay his head on his chest? It always made John seem kind of weird. You know, yeah, it, it, was, it does seem strange in our culture. Like, oh, that's kind of strange. Yeah, but if you understood that if he's reclining in front of Jesus— and Peter says, "Ask Jesus." And All so John just yeah. tilts his head back and kind of leans it on. It's, it would just be natural, yeah. kind of like when you get up real close to somebody's ear and want to ask him a question. Yeah. Quiet, that's what he's doing. So it's not weird. And so, so Jesus is already reclining, so his feet are extended out. And this woman comes to him in his feet and starts weeping and crying mm-hmm. because of her sinfulness, and she realizes this man can redeem me. So it points out something important for us too is that one, she lets her hair down, which you already noticed was a cultural expression. Two, she's a public, like, known sinner mm-hmm. for whatever she's doing. Three, she's in front of all of these people and simply doesn't care. And four, her natural response in gratefulness for her sins is to serve Christ, is to serve his body. Right. Like, I feel like that's a picture right there, like, already that foot washing is trying to teach us, is that this servitude this response, this gratefulness, there's something there where I, I want to w- serve Christ by washing his feet. Yeah. And that's a standard already, and I think is going to be highlighted by Jesus even more. But that, that kind of lays the groundwork where how are we supposed to process this? What is this supposed to be doing to us? Or what are we supposed to be doing to someone else? What well, is the goal here? She served, and Mary did it too, because mm-hmm. then, you know, Judas fussed about the perfume, the yep. alabaster, and he said, she has prepared my body for burial. So they they were, so get this, they both ministered to the body mm-hmm. of Christ. That's right. And I think that's where now we're segueing is Jesus has this moment in John 13, yep. which is where it's the night before his crucifixion. Mm-hmm. He has the Passover with them, and out of the Passover, he institutes the Lord's Supper, communion, Okay, but before he does that, John 13 says that he takes a towel and girds himself with it and gets a bowl of water and goes around the room, including Judas, by the way. Judas is still there, and he washes the disciples' feet, Mm. which absolutely shocks them. So you want to talk about another scandal? Here's a personal scandal. The teacher, the rabbi, the master, and who they were realizing is the Son of God. Who Peter has already confessed, you're the Christ, you're right, the Messiah. Messiah is you're now king. doing what they should have been doing. Yep. And it was a scandal. That's crazy. And I, I think that's hard for us to, to like, I feel like that's hard for us to gra- grasp. So I don't know, maybe like a, maybe a better cultural scenario would be like, imagine the president. Imagine the CEO of Apple or Google or whatever else who, uh, you know, a janitor takes a vacation and so they fill in his spot for the week or something, something along. Like it's, it's hard to even like conceive. Imagine someone who has so much power just doing something that is not normally expected of them like that, and then is actually a humble act of service. It's hard to even make that cultural connection. But imagine the shock, if you can. A king is now doing like the work that a Hebrew slave wasn't even allowed to do because it was so grimy. And so that's why um, the apostle Peter literally looks at him and he's like, you're not going to wash my feet. Like Peter was so, so bold 
when speaking with the Lord, like our actual God. But he was like, look, you're not going to do this. But why would he say this? Like, I'm not worthy. Like, you're not, you're, you're not going to stoop so low. And, and that's when Jesus is like, look, unless you're clean, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. I, I have to do this to you for you to be a part of me. And it's clear Jesus is now pointing us to something beyond what he was about to do the next day. Well, then Peter's like, well, why don't you wash all of me? And he's like, no, no, no. I just need to wash your feet. You're all clean. And then he alludes, especially to Judas. Will you help us break that down? Jesus is basically saying, I have to wash you. What You're all clean. I just need to wash your feet. But not all of you are clean, and he's basically talking about Judas. So there, what is he trying to say there? Well, there is a tremendous spiritual message in that and in, in, in that story, um, and and so there's several of them. Here's one of them. So to recap what you said, Jesus is getting around. He gets to Peter. P- Peter says, "You're washing my feet." He said, "Peter, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but you'll get it. You'll get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. You're learning. There's a logic lesson here." Mm-hmm. He said, "You're not washing my feet." And Jesus said, "If you, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part with me." Mm-hmm. Well, then that scared Peter. That shook him. He said, "Well, whoa, 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 whoa. That's those are the rules." Well, then okay, don't just wash my feet. Wash my head. Wash my hands. Mm-hmm. Give me a bath. Mm-hmm. If I don't want to be away from you, and <laughs> I wonder if the Lord laughed. Yeah, <laughs> I just really think Jesus chuckled and said, "Peter, you're you're clean. You're clean except your feet." So here's here's the spiritual point. You took a bath this morning, but you've been out walking to get here. So your feet got dirty because of these dusty roads. So we need to wipe the dust off your feet. The spiritual point here that cannot be missed is that when you are saved, you are right with God, you are clean, but we live in this world. We are in this world, but not of this world. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our feet touch this earth. And sometimes when walking through this world, we get our feet dirty. Mm. And that's the, to me, that's the tremendous spiritual point is you get your feet dirty. So you're tempted. You think bad thoughts. Um, you do something wrong and your conscience bothers you. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Um, you, you snap at your spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, you're mean to your kids. You kick your dog. I mean, just whatever. You, you, you kick your dog. <laughs> you, you just, you, you do something yeah. you shouldn't do. The, the, the world, you're, we're constantly inundated it, with with a, with you know, sex sells everything. Mm-hmm. People struggle with pornography, gambling. Um, it, it, just go down the list. You, you maybe you have a maybe you 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 get proud. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do something, then you get cocky a little bit, arrogant, mm-hmm. and you just you just kind of let your guard down, and you're just strutting and talking and bragging and whatever. And then then you get humbled. That's usually what happens. You get your feet dirty. Yeah. Okay. And there are times when you have to you have to go back to God and say it isn't that you lose your salvation. Yeah, it's just you got your feet dirty. You've it's, sinned. It's you're clean, but I still need to clean you. You're right. clean, but you need to be clean. <laughs> but you need to be clean. And that's where I talk about. Uh, and we'll just touch on this, but this that's where I talk about how John said, "I write these things to you that you sin not. Don't sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't don't get don't don't get dirty." In this world, he said, but if anyone sins, if anyone gets their feet dirty, we have an advocate with the Father, and we have him as an atoning sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So there's provision that's made, where, and where there's sin, there's grace. You should never take advantage of that grace to just have a permission and a license. To, I'll just sin, ask God to forgive me. But as you're striving to live for the Lord and do what's right, you fail, you falter, there's grace, and you go back, and you got to get your feet clean. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the point, and that's why Jesus said daily, "Pray, forgive us our trespasses, that's right. as we forgive those who trespass against me." Mm-hmm. And so you got to get your feet clean. You, and I, I think you can go through the day and not get your feet dirty. Yeah. Okay, but sometimes you do, and so I think there is a powerful, powerful message there. And He's pointing us towards the cross. He's we're about to have He's about to have the Lord's Supper. He's about to go die. How do you get, How do you get your feet clean? What I'm about to do tomorrow, I'm about to clean you. I'm I'm about to cleanse you through my death, through my resurrection. Yeah, it's alluding to the work He's about to do. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the powerful teach uh, the, the the lesson there. One, I think the second lesson we've already touched on. We haven't mm-hmm. talking much is humility. Yeah, for sure. So there's a powerful a lesson there that 
um, that we should never we should never be so self-conscious, uh, self-absorbed. We should never have a self-concept mm-hmm. that says, I cannot reach down and get my hands dirty mm-hmm. helping someone. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's why he tells us, like, I, I'm your master. I, I, I'm the teacher. And if I, the, the, the servants aren't greater than the master. And he's trying to point out to them, like, this, you, at this point, you cannot be too proud. If I've done this and I'm higher than you, then you're, you can't be greater than me. You have to do this now. The Christ, let, he's not one of those guys who says, you know, do as I say, not as I do. He right. really can say, do as I say and as I do. I'll lead the way. If you ever think you're too good to help somebody or to do something for Jesus, you've got a serious spiritual problem. Yeah. And you may not even know it. Mm-hmm. Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. You had the priest who was too good to help him stop that wounded man. Mm-hmm. You had the Levite, the deacon, the church volunteer, <laughs> the church worker. Yeah, He was too good to stop and help him. But along comes the Samaritan who was already looked down on, and he went the extra mile mm-hmm. to help that guy. And Jesus was making his point is you're never too good to to, to not help somebody. You got to you got to be humble and especially within my church. Mm-hmm. And I think there was some of that going on with the rich and the poor people. You know, sometimes when you're rich and you have money and you you're wealthy, you've usually got some position and power that goes with it and esteem and renown and you know, you're well known in the community. And then if it goes to your head, then you think that you're better than people. Mm-hmm. And this actually happened in the early church. James blasted them. Yeah, he does. You read the book of James, and he, you know, he said, who is it that's giving you all a hard time? It's mm-hmm. the rich people. And Jesus said that, um, and I, th- I read James this week, it was let the rich man glory in his low estate, mm-hmm. in his low position, it is that you are a you are a sinner that has been redeemed. You're now a saint, but you were just a sinner. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't believe in that sinner saved by grace stuff, but you you were a sinner and you've been saved out of the fire. You know, be thankful. You you you're just like everybody else. But but um don't look down on the on the poor. Yeah. You know? And I think Jesus, I mean, he talks about this so much, you know, the whole uh the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Um James and John come with their mom. They're like, Jesus, can we uh can we sit beside you in your kingdom? And then Jesus has to be like that's not what we're about, guys. We're not about power. We're not about titles. Yeah. Let's uh, let, let's relax a little bit. Like it's it's this kind of constant uh, theme. He tells us we need to be like children uh, in coming to him. That we need to be humble and dependent and innocent. That Jesus is constantly trying to um, teach us this humility, well, and the, it's right here that he models it and acts it out. And, and in the leadership world, <clears throat> excuse me, it's what we call servant leadership. It's mm-hmm. it's the style. There are different styles of leadership and. The one that's usually lauded the highest is leader, servant leadership, mm-hmm. and Jesus practiced servant leadership. And there have been uh, num- numerous books written as Jesus is the example of how to be a great leader. <clears throat> and is that you can have the position and everything, but ultimately you should spend your life helping other people achieve their dreams, helping other people uh, be better at who they are and what they do, adding value to them. That's a servant leader. And as you're helping them to succeed, the organization ultimately succeeds. And if I help you and add value to you, you'll jump off a cliff for me. Mm-hmm. It's not about money. They've learned, people learn, it's not about money and time off and all that. Uh, and when it's all said and done, people want opportunities. They want to grow personally. They want to get better at what they do. And they want to feel like they're part of something and accomplishing something. And so that's exactly what Jesus did, except it wasn't an organization. It was the the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so he said, there's no room in this kingdom for people who think they're better than other people. Yeah. And so he institutes um, this night, this this practice called feet washing. Well, can we talk about one last thing yeah. just to connect with that before we go? You mentioned it earlier. Jesus told us how to love our enemies. He washed Judas's feet. Yes, and, and that's the crazy thing. And he's, served him communion. And served him communion. And he's literally hinting right there to Peter, I need to wash you. You're, you know, I just need to wash your feet. You're clean, but not everybody. 
and he's like side eyeing Judas. Yeah, and and so it's clear <clears throat> Jesus is already aware he's about to do this, and so right after communion. Judas goes and then betrays him. So I think Jesus clearly models loving your enemies right here through this foot washing. So I just, I just thought that was a, a wonderful point. Yeah. The fact that he would even do that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so um, <clears throat> that's a great point. Mm-hmm. So then um, Jesus washes their feet, uh, and then this is probably the point uh, of, of where we talk about there's some controversy he says specifically to them, and I want I want to read it. Mm-hmm. He said, do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. <clears throat> if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Mm. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent them. And if you do these things, blessed are you if you do do them. And so those verses have been taken by some churches and some churches, and here's the controversy, have had to answer this question. We know that communion is an ordinance. We know that um, water baptism is an ordinance. It's a commandment of Jesus. It has to be done. Is Feet washing and ordinance. It's the big question. That's the controversy. So which one is it? All right. So you are you are becoming our in-house resident, in-house expert on the on the early church fathers. Ooh. Give me give me the view from the first four or five centuries. How was it perceived in the early church? Uh, as far as I know, from everything that I've read, foot washing was never considered a sacrament, an ordinance, anything even on that level. Um, as far as I know from like just my quick studying, because like I said, it's never even come up like in in all my like reading on that, whether like like um, for, like my actual early church father sources or books about the early church fathers never come up. So from my study, I think the first times it, it is mentioned is by Augustine in the 5th century and that it was a practice done on or near Easter baptism as a sign of Christ's humility to us, but that it was never, ever taken for those first five centuries as something we have to do, and it's binding on our consciences. It's never been, uh, even after that, it was never placed there. As far as I can tell, even go look at the Reformation, it was never placed there as far as I know, uh, at least from kind of the mainline reformers, maybe the Anabaptists did, who know, they were kind of wacky. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, as far as I can tell, the early church never saw it as something commanded by Christ that was binding on our consciences. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I don't have Corona, it's just some coffee. So the question that we want to address is, is feet washing an ordinance or not? So uh, I'm just going to go ahead, and, and I think I've already made this clear and say no. One of our interpretive principles, and I talk about this all the time, is we don't do theology alone. So I won't repeat that again, but clearly if the church has not interpreted it that way, the burden of proof is on you to basically tell the church for 2,000 years they're wrong. But I think we have good kind of biblical uh, understanding and arguments that way. So I think the first thing that we can look at is that with baptism and the Lord's Supper, um, especially, we are getting um, new meaning to previous rites. Um, so baptism and really the idea of of uh, water kind of purity and cleansing was already laid down in the Old Testament. Um, we already had a baptism for Gentile conversion to Judaism. And then John the Baptist comes along with baptism for the repentance of sins. So then for Jesus to already take this established right and to give it new spiritual depth, um, which directly has to do with his work. So in baptism, we see being buried with Christ and risen again with Christ, um, you know, receiving the Holy Spirit, being washed clean of our sins. There's a lot of weight there. With the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper was the Passover meal, that when Christ instituted it, he's celebrating the Passover and then giving it new spiritual depth, that 
He's the lamb that's that's slain. His blood is being shed for our forgiveness. His blood mm-hmm. is being shed so we can be delivered from sin and death and Satan. So we see something previous um, that is not just cultural, but that's already spiritual, given new depth in Christ. Foot washing is just cultural. Really, it was just a practical thing. So that's where we see there. See that there, too. Um, I would say that baptism and the Lord's Supper really indicate something God does to us. So in baptism, we celebrate that God has saved us. God's cleansed us. God has buried us with Jesus and risen again. We, you know, we celebrate that in the Lord's Supper, we celebrate that God has died for us. He shed his blood for us. He rose again for us. In foot washing, the emphasis seems to be not necessarily on what Christ does for us, but in what we should do to others. That it's not that we are receiving from Christ benefits, but we're receiving an example to then go and replicate. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I would say in the things Christ commanded us to do, it has to do directly with Christ giving us himself <clears throat> and receiving salvation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then foot washing is us following after Christ and us doing a thing he did. And so kind of with, with that uh, with that separation, with those differences there, I'm going to go ahead and say that foot washing is in a totally different category than baptism and the Lord's Supper. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that is yeah. the is, right. the is the logic there at least? Yeah, and I, and I think I, I think you're you're spot on. So I'm gonna you and I are both credentialed, um, and we don't we don't make a real big deal about denominations, especially in this podcast, because we just reach a lot of people. But but just so it's out there we're we're both credentialed with the Church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee, which is a Pentecostal denomination. Mm-hmm. We've made that real clear that we're Pentecostals unapologetically uh, and so that's who our credentials are with and and our statement of faith actually involves this mm-hmm. it's not it's not definitive I don't in that it's not like a strong it doesn't come right out and say it's a it's an ordinance. It's a sacrament. What it says is our statement of faith says we believe, and then one, two, three, four, we uh-huh. believe in the virgin birth, and we believe in the Trinity. You know, it, it, of course, it spells it out. Ours says we believe in the Lord's Supper and washing of the saints' feet. Mm. So it's actually in our statement of it, but we believe mm. in it. <laughs> so I don't, I think that leaves a lot of, that leaves a lot of room, room there that it's, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know that our, I'm not going to be able to say as an ordained bishop in our denomination that we actually see it as an ordinance. It's obviously there for interpretation. Some may yeah. say it is, and some it doesn't say it. So we don't yeah. say it that in, that it's an ordinance, but we've got it right next to an ordinance. Yeah. But in my own view, I, I'm like you. I don't see it as an ordinance. Mm-hmm. I see it as as something that Jesus has set as for as an example for us to do. And I'm in agreement with you. It's so culturally bound. Mm-hmm. I can get bread and grape juice anywhere. I can get water and baptize anywhere. Those are things that are not culturally bound. Those are elements, food elements and and an element, natural mm-hmm. element that God uses. The understanding mm-hmm. is never lost on us what water or what, you know, bread yeah. and grape juice symbolizes. No. But with the washing of the feet, it was so culturally bound. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So so I think that in that moment it was the strongest object lesson or illustration that Jesus could use culturally to give a principle that says serve one another, love one another. How do you because you know, right now, like you said, a few verses later in verse 14, he says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I've loved you. Yeah. That you love one another. So he hasn't died yet, but he, how did he show up? And if you go back to John 13, he said, having loved his own, he he loved them to the end. And I like the NIVs better. It says he showed them the full extent of his love. Wow. So if you start there and then go mm-hmm. to verse 14 and then right in the middle is feet washing, mm-hmm. it is a way to show love. And so what Jesus is saying is, Find ways, even the most extreme ways. Mm-hmm. Don't put a limit on how you'll love one another, and loving one another means serving one another, helping one another, 
taking care of one another. That's by this shall men know that you're my disciples if you have a loved one for another. If you can wash each other's feet, then nothing is left out. If that's the lowest possible thing that you can do, then no other act of service is left out. If you wash someone's feet, then you can lend them some money, go the extra mile, It's X, unlimited. Y, Z. It's unlimited. My love doesn't have stipulations mm-hmm. or limitations. Mm-hmm. Just like God's love doesn't have limitations, then we should have unlimited love. I mean, it's really being like his father. Yeah. So, and, and really, you got to remember, Jesus is God. So we're seeing the heart of God. That's right. Who is a servant. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve mm-hmm. and to give my life as a ransom for many. So I'm, I'm like you. I think that there is a, a picture here. And just so that we're not giving theories, because if he said, I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. That's the part that a lot of people struggle with. Well, he said you ought to do it. Yeah. So we ought to we ought to get bowls of water, or I've heard people say, well, we'll mm-hmm. we'll get baby wipes. We'll just buy. And I've heard churches <laughs> do this. They'll get wow. a bunch of baby wipes, <clears throat> and then we'll just but yeah. baby wipe each other's feet. It just said wash. It didn't say how. Yeah. And we'll baby wipe feet, and that way we we're doing what mm-hmm. Jesus said to do. But if you go to the next verse, he said four. That connects it. For mm-hmm. I have given you an example. And in the Greek, that word example, let me get my notes here. Um, that word example is um, hupo diegma, hupo or diegma. And it, it's, it, it's other New Testament uses of this word do not refer to a command, Evan. Mm. It's rather a pattern or a like an representation, example, yeah. example, a figure, Okay. So it's a, a, like a spiritual pattern to be represented figuratively. Yeah. It's an object lesson. So, so he's saying um, that what I'm doing for you is a pattern yeah. of what I want you to do to each other. What I've done to you, I want you to do to each other. That's right. Okay. And so that's where, for me, um, and, and like you said, the early churches, by the way, the Anabaptists did wash feet. I, I figured. I yeah. knew they did. They, yeah. were, they were kind uh, of. The Adventist. Uh, I'm trying. I, I pulled them up. Uh, it was Anabaptist, Adventist. So I guess that's Seventh, Seventh Day Adventist. Day, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the Baptist. I guess the Baptists do it, or maybe some of them do it. Free, maybe, maybe back in the day, or yeah, maybe independent or free. Maybe will Maybe back or in the day, free, who knows? Free will Baptists, and then there are Pentecostal churches mm-hmm. that's that right. do it. So, um, uh, but one, anyway, one last thing I'll say on that too, just so we cover all the bases. Uh, even when we look in the rest of the New Testament epistles, I think like you were saying, the only other time it, it's really brought up is like having widows uh, wash people's feet. Where right. if you look in something like an act of worship or something that the whole church does, it never seems to be mentioned. It seems like, hey, widows, a good way to be useful and to serve God, particularly for you, is to wash feet. But we never see Paul like writing to a whole church talking about that. Where Jesus tells his disciples, you know, go to all nations and baptize them. We see the early church, they listened to the apostles' teaching and they broke bread. They, and they said the prayers. They took communion so much that the Romans called them cannibals. They called them cannibals. They thought they were literally eating and yes. drinking flesh and blood because yep. they, they didn't understand the symbolism. And the Romans called them cannibals. Yeah. Paul talks about, you know, the bread that, or the, yeah, the bread we participate or the bread we break is not a participation in the cup that we bless is not a participation like it's obviously there in christian worship in the new testament you don't we don't see the foot washing no and the only place like you said is first timothy chapter five when paul's talking about the widows Mm -hmm. and and there it seems that he's saying the we need to separate the widows who can get married and who don't need church financial support Mm -hmm. the real widows are elderly and they have a heart of their they're trying to still serve God and and he talks about washing the feet the, the saints' feet and he's talking about being hospitable, mm-hmm. taking in strangers, yeah. helping strangers. So it's like they have a gift of hospitality. So yep. he's saying that they have a heart of servitude. Mm-hmm. So so I just think the principle behind it is let's have a heart of service and um, and and. Uh, uh, and humility, I think those mm-hmm. are the two principles that you see with this. Is always stay humble, in and look out not for your own interest. Paul said to Philippians, but for the interest of others. Yeah, you know, always have that heart. Where I, am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, the answer is mm-hmm. yeah in the church because because we're brothers and sisters. Now, uh, I think we'll close with this. 
You've been part of feet washing? I have, yeah. Okay, I've, I've been part of feet washing. When dad, your grandfather, pastored, I remember as a kid, dad doing feet washing services. That mm-hmm. was still something that we did. And the women would go in one room, and the men would go in one room, and they'd get these old basins, your bowls with a pitcher, the mm-hmm. bowl pitcher, and they would pour water in, and you would partner up with another man and or a boy or a teenager, you know, and you would— they would wash your feet, mm-hmm. and you, they would you, they dried off. Then they would you they would get in the chair, and then you would kneel and you would wash their feet. Mm-hmm. And we would sing and we would pray, and that was kind of a foot washing service. Uh, I, I, I so I've been part of it. Probably the most powerful foot washing service I've ever was part of. Um, so I want to tell this real quick. Yeah, was at a youth event at a youth retreat. So when I was a youth pastor umpteen years ago at Praise Cathedral in Greer, South Carolina, um, I took our youth group to Myrtle Beach, and my brother-in-law, Joel, your uncle came, who's an evangelist, pastor, and he was our guest speaker. So we did a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday morning, came back that Sunday morning, came back Sunday afternoon, you know, get the kids Mm -hmm. back. So we're at this Holiday Inn Express in Myrtle Beach, Oceanside, and we had rented these ballrooms for Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. And so Friday night we get all we did we did things all day. We got in there and we that night we had a service. Well, I mean we had a we had a act fun time. Mm-hmm. So we're doing fun stuff. Joel's playing. We're doing. Well, we got all the kids around the wall, and uh, somebody turned the lights down. And and so I went over to Joel. I said, "What are we going to do next?" He said, "Well, I'll tell you what." He said, "I'll just start playing some music. You know, we'll we'll go." So he starts doing spiritual stuff, and the Holy Spirit comes down in that room, and I'm going. Okay, wait a minute. We didn't plan this. This is not what's going on here. We're having a move of God. Mm-hmm. This is a and all of a sudden we have this full blown move of God that was unbelievable. So it was either that night or the next night we did the same thing. I'm wanting to think it was it may have been that night, but it may have been the next night. I can't remember. So we did the same thing. Fun time. We had, all day Saturday we did fun things. Came in, Joel did these fun things. We got done. He said, you want me to do the same thing? I said, yeah, just start singing. So we got the kids around the wall, and he started, the Holy Ghost comes down, the Holy Spirit, and we're like, we're having another move of God. This is unplanned. Well, one of my staff members goes back in a back room. You got to remember, it's a hotel mm-hmm. and a conference room, so they got these back room in the kitchens. He finds a, a bowl, looks like one of these metal bowls for salads, you know? Yeah. And he puts water, and he comes out, and he says, Tommy Harvey, he said, can I wash your feet? Totally caught me off guard. And I'm like, I mean, what am I going to do? Tell him no? Say no. <laughs> and he's got this white towel, you know, from the hotel. Yeah. So he sits down and he washes my feet. Mm-hmm. And it's like unbelievable. It was spontaneous. So when he got done, I said, well, Tommy, I want to wash your feet. So I went back here in the back and cleaned out the bowl and put new water. And I came out and I washed his feet. Well, then my staff members, the volunteers, and it got on them. Nobody's directing this. They grab the bowl. They're cleaning out. They come back. And they're washing one another's feet, and none of this is planned. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "What's going on? <laughs> What's happening?" You know, it's like at this point, it's like midnight. Yeah, and and Joel's playing, and kids are singing and worshiping, and now we're washing feet. And the next thing I know, this was the crazy part: students grabbed the bowl, and students, Evan, started washing each other's feet on their own. It's crazy. We're not telling them; they're just. And I'm watching this, and here at this point, like I'm a mm-hmm. veteran you know, youth pastor. And I'm like, man, in all my years, I've never seen anything like this. And they're washing each other's feet and they're bawling and they're squalling yeah. and they're loving on each other. And um, I remember that night there was some kids that went on the trip. They had that whole grunge look that was back in the mm-hmm. 90s, you know, the black grunge, the gray black, and you had your fingernails by. And some of those kids and girls that come. And that night they got saved. They, I don't know, somebody washed their feet and it just broke them and the girls fell on their knees and they started praying and crying out to God and gave their life to Jesus. I mean, all this stuff is happening at two in the morning. Yeah. It's two in the morning. We're having this going on. And uh, it was just phenomenal. And I'll never forget, um, so, so, you know, we're Pentecostal and we're flowing, we flow in the Spirit and we believe the Spirit speaks to us. And I'll never forget this. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I had grabbed the mic, and I I mean, people are just praying. I mean, we had probably 100 kids there. Mm -hmm. And I said, God just spoke to me that one of you wants to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And if you wash somebody's feet, God said he'll fill you with the Holy Spirit. And I had this girl in my youth group named Adrian, redheaded Adrian, a beautiful girl. And she had been seeking to be filled with the Holy Ghost and just could— 
man, she grabbed that bowl before anybody could get it. And I may start crying. And uh, she starts washing another girl's feet, and she's just weeping. Mm-hmm. And Evan, sorry, y'all, I'm getting tore up, man. <laughs> and uh, it's happened years ago, but it's like yesterday. And, man, God came on her, mm-hmm. and she started speaking in a heavenly language. And God filled her with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I probably shouted a little <laughs> bit right there. I probably had myself a Holy Ghost fit. And, uh, and God filled I'm like, and so my point is, I have seen the power mm-hmm. of that event. And I think what it is, it's you humble yourself. And anytime you humble yourself before God, God will bless you. That's right. So while we don't think it's an ordinance, and while I don't think it's something that you have to do like you do with communion water baptism, mm-hmm. and I apologize for getting emotional, but man, it just gets me tore up. Um, I still think it may be something, maybe all of us need to look at it. Yeah. At, maybe at small groups or at times. Um, man, my, we might have a revival breakout. If the, <laughs> you know, seriously, if we'd all just get humble. Yeah. I think the re- the truth is is we've spent so much time talking about you know cultural context and all of that and obviously we all wear shoes now and we don't we don't deal with all of that but the truth is is just washing somebody's feet is humble regardless yep you, so first of all the person washing you you basically have to get on your knees it's just impossible yes you have to you have to get low two feet still stink yep. I would I would write a four hundred letter. 400-word apology to whoever had to wash my feet because they're so bad. And so you have to go through that. And then to just literally sit there and serve somebody while they do nothing, it will bring you to tears. Yeah. Like it's, it, I was in the sixth grade the last time that I did it. But especially when it's somebody that you know, like you have to like look that person in the face again. And you just did this humbling thing. Yeah. And um, it leaves you changed. Nobody can stand up proud. After yes. you've touched somebody else's feet and served them, now like that. you're you right. Do it. it leaves you changed. That that's so. You're right. If you go through feet washing with someone and you get up unaffected, who that's hard. Hard. You that's hard. You need to get. You need to go pile up in a corner somewhere mm-hmm. and say, "Oh God, break my yeah. heart. God, break. Take a sledgehammer and break. Something's wrong with me." Mm-hmm. Because you're right. It you usually weep. Yeah, it's it's almost impossible not to. Whew. It's just, it's too powerful, and you know you're literally modeling what Christ did. I mean, I'm, I'm getting weepy talking about this. <laughs> Tear me up. But, yeah. I mean, I I have been like I've sat in the chair and you weep. Yeah, same for me. Same for me. So anyway, well anyway, it's just I thought we got to quit this. I'm gonna get all blubbery, but I mean it's just powerful, and I guess yeah. that's why we're talking about it. I hope our listeners I, are stuck I, with this. It's kind of funny we spent all that time saying it's not an ordinance, but in reality, we both had this conversation beforehand. We should do it. Yeah, I, because we there, should do it. There is spiritual blessing. Yes, that'll come with it. I mean, for and sure. ultimately, it, it'll change your heart mm-hmm. that you won't just wash people's feet, but you'll say, you know what, I want to be a servant all the time. Yeah, try to help people. So anyway, that's a good topic today. I like yeah. that. That's different. That was really good. Well, um, we want to encourage you if if you ever have the opportunity wherever you're at, or if you are a small group leader somewhere, a pastor or whatever, we don't encourage you to participate in, in foot washing. What a great thing. Um, but just as a listener, thank you so much for listening today. And we do want to encourage you to give us a rating, a review, send this episode or this whole podcast to somebody who needs it. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you back in a couple of weeks.